crazy how time flies. Yes, when you're having fun. When you're having fun. Uh, and with chapter 12, big, big old chapter. But I think how you framed it was really helpful in warnings and encouragements. Yeah, which is funny because I thought when I read this chapter, I was like, Lord, you know, what's the summary here? Help me get clarity. And I was like, warnings, encouragements. And then you look at NIV says, and it says warnings and encouragements as the the little title. It was like they thought about it. I was like, oh, look, I wasn't the first person to see that. (laughs) That wasn't just a revelation for you just now. No, no. In fact, the people that translated the NIV were pretty not on. <laughs> so good. I actually like went through the whole chapter after you said that and I counted 12 warnings. Wow. And six encouragements. Oh, great. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and I've picked like, I've picked like the ones I want to talk about. <laughs> great. Great. Um, Yay. okay. Let's talk about them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's I, I, uh, it's going to be a little bit blasphemous to say this, but oh, okay. um, it, it's almost like Jesus is like, he's kind of like over what he's seeing yeah, and he's just laying out all these warnings. It's okay. like he's, he's so fed up with what he's seeing um, yes. that he's just, yeah, it's it's pretty hectic. Every verse is like bang, bang, bang with these warnings. And yeah, yeah like I feel the heat of them just as much as totally. the really crowd did. Yeah. 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 Do you have some particular so yeah, I think that category of warnings and encouragements in chapter twelve is helpful to see what Jesus is doing in this narrative. Mm. Um mm. do you wanna pick a few warnings that you wanna talk about? And then, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think straight off the bat, I think um, uh, in verses one and and two, like talking about the the yeast of the Pharisees, the hypocrisy that um, the Pharisees have, where they're preaching one thing but they're living another thing. I think that's just not worth skipping. Like, um, because. The reason being is because I feel like in the modern church and at Anchor and even at our GC, it's pretty easy to, um, I don't know, just to say the right stuff or to 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 preach stuff or to, and to tick the right boxes, but to just not live in line with that. And it's so cool. It's so interesting that this crowd of thousands of people are approaching. Jesus hasn't. Uh, address them yet he's just sort of speaking to his disciples as everyone's gathering and stuff and jesus says um be careful of hypocrisy don't 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 preach something and then live something else um right before he's about to say a bunch of stuff um Mm. to all these people yeah right 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 yeah yeah and and the reason that he gives for that warning is that there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. What you say in the Mm. dark will be heard in the daylight. What you whisper will be proclaimed from the roofs. Yeah. 
Yeah, so much of so many of these warnings are be careful now because something in the future is going to happen. Yeah, that's going to make your actions now really important. Yes, I think that I mean from verses thirty-five through to fifty-four, the second half of this chapter yeah. is all about that. Um, that parable totally. and his warnings are, is all about um, judgment is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, another one. This is in no particular order of significance, yeah, but fine. in verse fifteen. Um, replying to someone in the crowd who says uh, he's trying to get Jesus to settle this dispute over inheritance. Um, Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Uh, It's just another powerful one liner. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Life does not consist in it, um, in, in, in possessions. And of course it exists somewhere else. It exists in abundance of God, like it says in verse 21, um, uh, this is how we'll be talking about this parable of someone who stores up their wealth. Um, and little do they know verse 20, that their life will be demanded from them. Yeah. The very night they decided to just like store up this wealth. Um, verse 21, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Mm. So, really interesting what what this kind of spiritual currency this spiritual richness is flying in the face of invested in god rather than being invested in um great way to put it gain yeah yeah actually that parable i have really strong memories of being super young and feeling really convicted by this feeling really Mm. um I want to say worried, but not a bad kind of worry. Like I remember hearing this, this parable about this man who stored up riches in his storehouses. And then there's that line in verse 20, God said to him, you fool this very life, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Mm. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. So interesting how Jesus words penetrate to his people even when they are just little children like i really remember feeling like okay my life might be demanded from me i'd better put <laughs> my treasures with jesus because yeah that guy with the storehouses didn't do too well you probably got the point of that message more than many adults would <laughs> yeah 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 um one of the things that i noticed about the connection between the warnings and the encouragements in this passage um mm is uh, I'm just going to read <laughs> verses four to seven. I don't know that I have anything particularly profound to say about this, except for the fact that verses four and five are very uncomfortable. And then they flow straight into verses six and seven. And there's just yep. something really amazing about the fact that these verses are right next to each other. Uh, so it says, I, t- I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, mm-hmm. fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? 
yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know that I have any crazy insight, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's my God. He is worthy of being feared. He is righteous. Mm. I will be held to account. And yet I don't need to be afraid because he values even the sparrows. He knows the hairs of my head. Yes. It's so, so cool. Like that verse five ends by saying, fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Cool. And then verse seven, the end of verse seven, don't be afraid. Yeah. You are worth more than many sparrows. And of course, is the Christian existence is this tension between a holy fear and reverence of him who can throw us into hell, but also we're his children. So don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. It's really so, good. Um, it's, it's simultaneously a warning and an encouragement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then that little section, that little warning encouragement section also has a verse that is pretty tricky um and that lots of people have disagreements about um and we could spend ages talking about this but i don't think we should <laughs> because it would take up the entire podcast but what i might do is just read the verse and then read a great john piper quote that i found about it um nice. and if people want to talk about it at gc we can uh so the verse is um verse nine and ten is helpful uh, maybe verse, maybe verse from verse eight for context. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the son of man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Yeah. So the tricky verse is anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. What does that mean? How, how can there be a sin that is unforgivable? What is that? Help What's us, going John on? Piper. Um, help us, John Piper. So this is just a nice little quote. Uh, John Piper says, Can a true believer whose salvation is eternally secure in Christ part of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous? that's cool but i mean that 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 is a different context right that that's talking about day of jubilee that is the context it's zechariah prophesying um saying that the day of jubilee the kingdom has come and so there's going to be a people made ready for the lord and that will bring peace and rest whereas this is jesus mm. talking about the allegiance the conflict that a that allegiance to jesus brings um, yes. The world will reject you. They rejected me. They're going to reject you. Nice. Well, shall we talk about it? Yeah. I'm recording. recording. So. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So one more thing that I'd like to bring to our attention, because I think it's like such a, a cool misconception to um, clear up is verses 49 to 53 where 
where Luke records Jesus saying that he had, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. There's this, there's this anger and this like, there's this righteous anger that Jesus is displaying here. And so much we think of Jesus as like the, the peacemaker, the unifier, but here he's displayed as someone who is the, the divider and the, um, the one who brings fire, which is pretty hectic. What do you think of, of that, Brie? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It um, it, it it's interesting that in this in his earthly ministry, he he the way that he brought judgment and division was through dying. Um, he tells his disciples to put their swords away. Um, mm. He didn't yes. come as the warrior Messiah that people were expecting. Uh, and he says in other places, and the Bible talks in other places about um, when Jesus comes back, he will come as righteous judge, yeah, not, not as suffering servant, which is how he came in his yes. ministry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the division here is is not so much like say between the Roman Empire and the Jews, but it's a division in, internal to like families and stuff. It's it's um, if you believe in me this is going to be a hard road and you're going to be persecuted and, um, yeah. And, and that, that yeah. Division comes because if you believe in me, you have to give me your whole life. You have to give me your whole heart. Mm. Your allegiance has to be with me. And so it can't be with anything else. And that's going to bring division. Yeah. 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 What do, you, really... um, what do you think the Jesus says, um, before he can bring quote fire on the earth, he has a baptism to undergo. What's he talking mm. about? Yeah. Well, I think um, he, he's really just talking about his death and then his resurrection. So in the same way that the Christian sees baptism today as a symbol of us dying and then coming back into new life with Jesus. Mm. I think that's what he's referring to here. It's um, yeah. Before he can, um, Yeah, maybe not before, but um, he has to undergo this baptism, which he's, um, yeah, which is his death and, and resurrection, I think. Yes. Yeah, great. Uh, which, and is I... not, which is not how they would have seen baptism. They would have seen baptism as a purification, a ritual of um, getting right with God. But he's saying it, but really he's referring to the ultimate purification of humanity mm. through this um one this one death for all yeah yeah it's great i just want to finish with just a couple of words back on the encouragement side of the fence the warning and encouragement um yeah 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 and and i i won't say much it's a very very well-known passage where jesus um says not to worry he tells us yeah um, he says who of you by worrying can add a single hour of your life and his evidence for do not worry is creation. He says, he says, consider the ravens, consider the flowers. They don't work. To be fair, they don't work for the clothes and yet God provides for them. Uh, and I was actually looking at this passage earlier this week in a different context. And it's this understanding of reality that 
is so beautiful and so contrary to our culture.